This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. Watch and subscribe on YouTube and listen on your podcast platform. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, Two, one. You are watching Leicester Till I Die TV with Chris and Chums. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. All you need for everything Leicester City FC. It's Leicester Till I Die TV. Hi, everybody. Jerry Taggart here. Now, be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on, you foxes! Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. That makes me angry. And when Dr. Evil gets angry, Mr. Bigglesworth gets upset. And when Mr. Bigglesworth gets upset, people do. I'm going to drink a lot of beer and stay out all night. <laughs> if only I could. 
Good afternoon, Fox fans. I'm back again, and I'm remembering it's the afternoon now and not the evening. Um, <laughs> with me, because I've just come off the back of a watch-along show. Yeah, I sat through all of that. I had to talk through all of that. We lost to Prague, which over two legs, 180 minutes, we didn't turn up. I said we needed a performance today. I get losing. It's part of the game. You lose, you get on your bike, you, you, you go again. But do we get a performance? What was that performance? I tell you, I, I'm worried. You know, we've got three games coming up. We've got Burnley Wednesday, we've got Brighton Saturday, and we've got Sheffield United the day, uh, the week after on the Sunday. They should be winnable. On that performance today, we'll be lucky to get three points out of those games. Not only that, and this is nobody's fault, Barnes injured. He might not be back now for the rest of the season. Uh, great with Madison out. Evans limped off at the end as well. Injuries are getting worse. And, hey, we're not the only team in this division to have injuries. But where, where do we go? Are we seeing deja vu from last year? Um I'm not saying I'm not saying Brendan was to blame today. What could he do with the injuries? You looked at the team and okay, it was a different formation, but he had to go kind of with what he'd got. Is what we've got just not good enough? Are we doing what would be happening? Let if I was going out with Jennifer Aniston now, we'd be punching above our weight, wouldn't we? I know I would be. And all we've got to say. Third still in the table, that hasn't been affected because of, of we're that far ahead, but we're still third in the table. But is that our true position? Are performances like today what we should be expecting? Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to ask a couple of people. Let us know your thoughts. You can watch us on uh, the old YouTube, Leicester Till I Die TV. You can watch us on Facebook, the group, Leicester Till I Die, obviously, and Twitter and Periscope at Leicester TID. Get us live on any of those. Let us have your comments. Try to keep them clean. Let us know what you think about that performance and where we could go for the rest of the season. I'm going to add in... Um, our normal post-match chums here. We're going to say good evening and good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good day, goodbye, whatever. I'm going to cover all of them. This, you know, people think I've been drinking water for like you know, 90 minutes. It's pure gin, I'll tell you. Brad, good evening, sir. How are you? Evening, mate. Afternoon, morning. That's the most I've <laughs> exactly. smiled since yeah. that, scored. <laughs> Let's bring Julian in. Julian, do you know when it is? When is it? <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm hoping it's the afternoon so I can have a beer. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm it's beer so o'clock somewhere, beer. Julian. Don't worry. <laughs> That's right. I think we all agree with what Homer said. If we could, we'd go out and stay out all night drinking. I'll tell you. I'm mm. glad you're on, Julian, because I, I want to come later on on to um, <laughs> our defence today. Uh, I've got a few questions about that. But let's start, Brad, first of all. The team that Brendan put out, he didn't really have a lot of choice, did he? His, his hands were 
kind of tied with who was available. Yeah, but I, we've come used to know that. It's a fairly strong side. Barnes on the left, Pereira on the right, Castagne. You know, aside from obviously the, the inevitable obvious, which is Thomas on the left and so JJ, you were probably thinking, even with the signing of Fafana at the start of the season, that's where we was going to be, you know, seeing them play. You know, Perez was still having questions asked over him, which he hasn't answered this season. So Pereira looked good going forward last season and since he's been here. That was pretty much a starting lineup. And it was probably a starting lineup where you're thinking, how are we going to get any actual Anvardi on, on, on the pitch so they can work together? And I was confident with the lineup. I thought it was a pretty sturdy lineup. And then um, that happened. <laughs> that, everything I mean, that happened after Tillman's goal was bad, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, Julian, we, we we didn't really see much of Vardy and Acho, and I'm I'm not going to go on a in Acho rant here because, to be honest with you, I I don't think he was any worse than any other player out there. And I think as strikers, you know, they, they were feeding off scraps. But for those first 10 minutes or so, up to the Tillemans goal, and he took it brilliantly. I, I, and I'm going to say this, actually. I was doing the watch-along, and um, Josh said to me, said, what positives can you take from that game? And I suppose the two are, A, we didn't get stuff 9-0, <laughs> and B, the first 10 minutes. We did look all right at the start, though, didn't we? We did. I, mean, I think my, com my complaint would be of the way you know, the, the game sort of played out was then it seems to me against what we consider the, the top clubs is that we, we really do sit back off them and you give them a lot of time uh, on the ball and they can find their way into the game. The possession stats will be great. And I've said it, I think every time when we played Liverpool, you know, we, we sort of sat back off them a bit and, and these teams are so good and they've got really good players that they'll just find these little pockets and cause you more problems by you sitting off than you if you were sort of a bit more aggressive uh, pressing. So, you know, I mean, the goal was awful defending by, by Arsenal for the centre-back not to come out and address that and let him run all the way through. And that was the bit of, like you say, really one of the few bright sparks of the afternoon. So I just felt that we got the goal it was Arsenal we were playing and we're thinking, right, let's consolidate. And it's too early to do that. But it seems that's how we set up against what we, you know, like we're always talking about the top four, the big six and all that. I know these teams are, but the, the Arsenal's, the Man U's, the Chelsea's, we've got this very cautious attitude uh, of playing against them. Uh, and, and that for me was really, really evident today. And from that, I don't think we ever get a foothold in the game at any point in it. You know, the first five to 10 minutes was a bit scrappy, you know, to and throw in, and then we got the goal, and you think, oh, brilliant, you know, that's going to settle us right down after disappointment in the week. And then after that, I felt we just, we were on the back foot all the time, and, you know, against against Liverpool, we, we managed to turn it around. I mean, the second goal was a calamity, which helped. Today, we couldn't turn that round because, you know, Arsenal were on top of us. Uh, they had a better possession, you know, scored the goals. They looked dominant in every sort of position on the pitch, which, again, is mm. disappointing. Uh, and that, for me, was the story of the afternoon. It, it was just, uh, you know, you can't... I would say I wouldn't fault the effort of the, of the guys. It, it, they were up against the better team today, the way that each team sets out. So there was effort there, but probably not a lot of nows, you know, or, mm. you know, game plan that would, you know, uh, bring us back into the game after, yeah. we, after we conceded the goals. Yeah. Brad, 
Tillemans did take the goal well, though, didn't he? Let, let, let's let's talk positive <laughs> for at least a couple of minutes. Um, yeah, he took the goal well. Bad defending, but still had to be put in the net. Yeah, it's a, it was a good goal. And like Julian said, he took that goal and you kind of thought, hey, oh, that's it. This is what we were talking about after that defeat on Thursday. This is the response. Here we go. We're going to going to get this we're going to get a result from this we look good and then like I said on when I came on at half time you remember the first game when we played them at Emirates we defended for our lives and nicked it in the 80th minute and then saw it out and it felt like we did all the right things for seven or eight minutes got the goal and went right okay 82 minutes let's defend it mm. and it just didn't it just didn't work I mean the goal was good the defending you can you know Tillemans can only run out what's in front of him. If the defender's not going to bother doing his job, then he's going to take his chance rightly so. It was a fantastic, composed finish. And yeah. please, please tell me, you know, I don't, uh, you know, cross cross my heart and all that and touch wood and everything. I hope Harvey Barnes is, is fine and not nothing serious. But if he's under gas and air at the moment, can we, can we get him to sign that contract? Because after seeing that performance, he might, he might want to hold off on his contract talks or ask money because... Well, the bad news, Josh, is six weeks out for Barnes, according to Brendan. So we've no Madison, no um, Barnes now. And Vardy has a calf issue that got better as the game went on. I did actually say, Julian, during that game, do you think there's any of the women players that could uh, transfer over? <laughs> is, is, is that allowed at all? Mm -hmm. um, I think the thing with Barnes, though, is it seems like it's a cartilage issue. It's a bone issue and not, you know, part of the tendon. So... While it's six weeks, it's obviously a quick repair than than some of the more serious injuries you can That's get around right. the knees. If, yeah, if there's a positive to take out of that, that would be it for me. Should we, Julian, look at these games that are coming up? And I said at the at the start of the the show that um, we know the games we've got coming up should a few weeks ago we'd look at and think that's nine points: Burnley, Brighton, Sheffield United. I then said we'll be lucky to get three points out of it. I suppose with the injuries we've got over the next few weeks, better that than playing Man City, Arsenal, uh, sorry, Man City, Chelsea and Liverpool, I guess. But are you confident we can, you know, get nine points from those games? I think mentally it's going to be quite difficult for the team because, you know, for me, the, the Prague games... So, you know, we, we should we should as a team have gone to Prague and if it was a nil-nil, which it was, but it should have been a dominant nil-nil, which we all know it wasn't. Yeah. We didn't seem to learn and react from that when we came back and, and to go out, I thought it was really disappointing. That then becomes into your mindset. Then obviously today happens where we have been outplayed all over the pitch and then you, you look into the next game and you, you're really praying for the next good result because the next good result will, will take off a lot of pressure on the players. Whereas right now, I think they'll be looking at the next game thinking, Blimey, we really need to get something out of this, and and if we don't, because we're expected to, because we're playing the you know lower teams, um, yeah. you know that's where it really it does it does affect the mindset of the players uh, terribly. I mean, one of the good things of the teams we're playing is that Brighton are really at a low ebb as well. They have had some yeah. 
results lately, and they've, I think six weeks ago, Potter was saying how, how happy he was, and they, were, they were, weren't far away from putting some good results together, and they've had some incredibly bad results, you know, in the last couple of weeks, and they're now looking over the shoulder at, yeah. you know, can Fulham pick up a few more points, and, you know, there's yeah. Newcastle, and they could get really sucked into it, so, you know, the Brighton game, they're under as much pressure as I think we'll put ourselves under, um, you know, Sheffield United are fighting for their lives, but, you know, for me, they don't look like they can score a goal. I go back to the Fulham game when we played them earlier in the season and, you know, I said we struggled against the lower end teams, but maybe, you know, now that the squad's decimated as it is, it becomes probably a bit more of a match and we might play, play a little differently because I know Fulham in that game just sat back and we didn't be, seem to be able to unlock them, whereas these teams now really have to come at us a little bit. It's Sheffield United in particular, because if not, they're just going to be sat at the bottom of the table for the rest of the, you know, the season. So, yeah. You know, we, we should still win them. I mean, the injuries now, really, we've set out well all season. We've coped with all these injuries. But now it's just become to the point where we aren't going to put a strong 11 out because there aren't 11 first-team, you know, players. Um, yeah. So, you know, that that's that's now is becoming a definite, definite issue. The bench is going to get weaker. So you've got not many alternatives to look at. But um, should be... Should be winnable, should get through them all right. But I think, the, the, you know, if we could win the first one, there'd be a massive sigh of relief through the club, through the squad, through yeah. the supporters, through us guys. Uh, yeah. And that would, that would help us massively. I'm just going to bring Mark's um, comment up again here, if it's working. Um, it's been very slow for me today. But, yeah, he goes there, glad when the final whistle went. I'll tell you what, Mark, I was sat there doing the watch-along with Josh, and we, I went... Another seven minutes. I mean, I should have been thinking like seven minutes. We could still get a couple of goals, but I actually thought, oh my god, we've got another seven minutes of this to sit through. But Brad, a couple of VAR decisions. I'm going to come to you for the first one and Julian for the second one. Um, it wasn't a penalty, was it? Obviously, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Tillman was right. He got the ball, and then it was looked back at. I, 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 you know, if that had got in, gone into the box and then happened a couple of seconds after Indeed, I don't even think that they looked at it. I think they were purely looking at the Indeed and where the contact was. And it was right. It was outside the box. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to pick, really nitpick at a at a, a fault of Indeed, he's, he's a bit susceptible. And I, I, I've been thinking in the back of my mind, he's, he's, um, he's a penalty waiting to happen. And he got away with that one. And obviously, Julian... We'll talk about it, but he wasn't so fortunate the second time around. But it was a free kick. But, you know, we had one, didn't we, against... Uh, who was it against? Where we went straight... Liverpool, wasn't it? Where we had the same thing. And, you know, we... we you know, they didn't capitalise on it, but they capitalised on one later on. Yeah. And that, that's a big, big talking point, because I brought that up at half-time. But... Um, yeah, the next three games are going to be interesting, like Julian says, and I'd take seven points. I think the next game, you need to get that win. I don't care if it's a 3-2, 96-minute winner. I'd, I'd just get that three points. Yeah. Because these next three games could could put a pin in the season for what we're going to do. Stephen says here, time for the characters on the team to roll the sleeves up. The problem is, um, Stephen, we don't have sleeves to roll up anymore because all the guys wear short sleeve shirts. Um, <laughs> I jest, of course. Um, Stefan, um, our, our Aston Villa fan watcher, um, how are you three doing? Not as happy as you uh, after this weekend's games, but overall, I think we're still up here and I think you're still 
below us somewhere, Aston Villa fans. So, you know, just wind the neck in a little bit. Hey, he likes a bit of banter. Julian, could do you think the club could afford a pair of handcuffs for the use on Indeedy so that he keeps his hands behind his back? I mean, yeah, I mean, in, in this, because he's not so close, maybe that's why I didn't put his arms behind his back. But in this, you know, the game as it is now, it's a clear penalty. As soon as I saw the replay, you know, it's uh, a, few, a few years ago, he might have got away with something like that. But, you know, his arms in an unnatural place clearly, you know, blocked the ball. Um, so it's just, you know, I don't know how players feel these days, what they do in training when I see them closing players down with their arms behind the back. You know, I don't yeah. even know how you do that or how that works because it was just never, ever like that. So it's, well, a, it's a tough one, but it, it, like I said, it was a definite penalty. I was going to make that point, Julian, is that... Um, well, I was watching the game, I was there, and Piero came running out, and this was later in the second half, with both of his arms behind his back. You know, he was literally running like that to come out the box. But, but as I say, whether it's because he's a midfielder, not a defender, but indeed he just can't seem to keep his arms down. He's given away a few penalties with his hands, um, you know, this season. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you'd actually work on it in training. It's one of those, it'd be a really daft sort of uh, training session to have. But, you know, when I see it now, I, I, it's just unnatural. So when they're saying that your your arms are in an unnatural position, you're using your arms to balance so often they are just in the position they would be. That today's a bit different. It's turned his back and flung his arm in the air. I mean, maybe it's something you can't coach because that's his instincts, just turn his back and... You know, and I, I do, but I know when they're closing down, that's something that they do have to instill these days. And like I say, that that is unnatural. But to close someone down with both your arms behind the back, it, it's puts yourself in a terrible position. But that's how they have to be these days because there is that danger. You know, the ball's kicked against you, however near or far away, and it can be a penalty. So, uh, yeah, it's just the, the, the rules they keep changing every year. Not not always for sure it's for the better. No, I just want to stick with you for a second, Julian, because I'm not sure if it was the first. Um, Arsenal goal or the third one it was the one that was just the tap in yeah um, was that the second or the first or the third I'm it not was sure the second one so when um, Pepe ran in and cut inside Pereira no it was the third it was the third because you had the third. penalty you had oh, Louise's yeah, sorry yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it was the third well, when I was watching that Julian and I brought it up now so I might as well stick with it and we are talking about the de- de- defences their player just there was no Leicester play. Well, there was two Leicester defenders close by him, neither of which was closing him down. I mean, you know, we seem to be playing this zonal marking, but for God's sake, if we're going to play zonal marking, work the fucking thing out and work out where your zone is because that guy, the Arsenal striker, he, he had all, you know, he had all day. He did, and when he ran in, you know, like you know, some of the things that I saw today that sort of unbalanced the team. You know, when they made the substitutions, they put a few players out of position. And I'm not sure that I agree with that. And, you know, Luke Thomas came off. And if, if he'd have still been on the pitch, he would have probably showed him down the line on into his left foot, which is naturally strong. And it was Pereira at the time who then showed him inside. But he cut inside quite easily. The two defensive mids weren't there. So there was a lot of space. The, the defenders can't really come and push him too, too, 
aggressively because if he gets through, he's into the back line. So it was all it was a combination of things. But yeah, it did look so so easy. But it, I think it was just a quick turnover in play, and he was away, and he's got great pace and ability. Uh, but like I say, you know, if Thomas had been on, he'd have probably showed him down the line, and it it might have had a different thing. But obviously, with a right-footed player addressing him, he, he decided to show him inside onto his stronger foot, but it, it didn't work out. I mean, Thomas went off. Um, <laughs> I can't say he had a bad game and not say that everybody had a bad game. I mean, we're going to come on to Man of the Match later, but again, Brad, I was stood there or sat there watching the game and I said to Josh, I pity Alan tonight because <laughs> I don't know how he's going to pick a player out of this. And I said that against Slavia Prague. I mean, and I seem to be saying it more and more. Yeah, um, look, I don't like to come out and try and pinpoint one player and, and say that's the whole reason we lost the game because it's not. It's not. You know, it was a poor. Eff- it wasn't a poor effort, but it was just a poor performance all around from a squad that's being stretched longer than a stretch Armstrong at the moment through its injuries and through fixtures coming thick and fast. But I said to you, didn't I, if Thomas didn't come off, he was he was a walking red card. Pepe was having his pants down for pace yeah. on that she side. He was yeah, he, he, he had his pants down. He was making silly needless fouls. One cost us. And to quickly go back to that zonal marking, I wish we could do what Sky do and bring it up because I'd love to circle it. Sayuncu mm-hmm. for Pepe's goal knows Pepe's behind him. Now, I know Pepe's a quick bloke, but Sonchu's got to fancy himself with his, his his muscle and his pace to get in front of him. So why has he got him in his rear view mirror and he's not looking at him to cut to get him so he, you know, because I feel that Sonchu could cut his run out there and take it out. I don't understand this zonal marking because Sonchu loses him. He sneaks around the back of Sonchu and before Sonchu can realise it, he's three yards in front of him. And if you look at David Luiz's goal, Castagne is actually stood about three yards off him, obviously trying to make sure if it gets come out wide, he collects it and we can counter-attack. But he's screaming and pointing a hand out, going, who's picking up David, Lu- David Luiz? And in the end, he tried to get to David Luiz before he could get to it, and he, was, he made the run too late. I'm just a bit concerned that we might need to change the way we do things at defending because we looked a bit out of sorts today. I, I think I'd have felt... And I didn't think I'd say this, but I'd have felt more comfortable with Christian Fuchs on the left and having someone come back and do defensive work from the midfield just because he'd have sat back defensively and not got forward. Because that's when Pepe skins you alive. Players with pace will skin you alive when you're too far forward, you're caught out of position. Yeah, Fuchs isn't the quickest and he wouldn't have got forward, but he'd have been there to stand in front of him. Maybe maybe that's a bit too, too much to ask, but for the way he played in that first half, Thomas... He got beat every time Pepe was in front of him. Julian, Julian, are you a fan of Zonal Marking at all? Uh, no, I think what you've got to look at with with that, particularly coming to that goal, I mean, the one with Castagna, he's got the run on him and the, the timing, you know, there must be a bit of eye contact between uh, Willian and um, David Luiz because the timing of the run and the ball in is absolutely perfect. And if someone just got, I mean, it was more than half a yard. Someone, we used to talk about people getting half a yard on you because they just set off before you're quite ready. Uh, he got more than half a yard. But as he set off, the ball's played. It's absolutely perfect timing. Yeah, because then you could have done a lot better and maybe his defenders could have helped him out more because, because we were a bit flat on the six-yard line. 
and the ball's actually played backwards and Louise has actually made his run away from the goal slightly just to get into that space. So something that they will have looked at and worked on. Uh, the one with Sayanchu, I think, you know, we were always, if we were in that position, we would literally, that body would be facing up the pitch and you'd be looking so you can, you can sort of glance and see what's coming, you know, from the other side, whereas he's sort of facing the ball and hasn't got a clue what's behind him and yeah. anyone running behind him you know quite easily and and, and did uh, and that that for me is just his body shape and that can be worked on that's not the zonal marking or man marking that's just your your body shape he's looking at that front post thinking I'm going to cut this cross out but he's not aware of what's right behind him that then gets in front of him and you know it's an, it's, a, it's an easy tapping so uh, yeah that that was it for me Brad we it was not all doom and gloom we had a couple of really good stinging efforts that you know on, an, on any other day, the goalkeeper didn't save them. He, he bounded off his gloves. Could have could have gone anywhere. But we did have a couple of you know a couple of chances in that first half. Yeah, you did. We did, and you're right. It wasn't all doom and gloom. And one one person I am going to pick out for a bit of praise today that it didn't all well it didn't come off for anybody was a final ball, but it didn't quite come off for him today. And he got a few passes that he tried to be a bit adventurous with. But when Chengus had to come on for for Harvey Barnes. He did look a bit more threatening when he actually got the ball. He, he kind of reminds me of, do you remember Maris' first season in the Championship? Where he tried to do a bit too much, tried to do too much of the workload, but every so often would get a killer ball in and he'd get a goal. I feel like maybe we saw something like that from under today because he had a few cut-ins the boxes. He stretched the Arsenal defence. My biggest issue was it took until Arsenal were in the comfort zone to Leicester look attacking because Arsenal just sat back and went, we're 3-1 up, go at it. If you get a goal, we'll shut up shot again. But right now, you're not threatening us. And that was probably the biggest concern for us. I know we had a lot of changes. I know, obviously, Barnes, six weeks, it's unfortunate. Um, but that shouldn't disrupt us enough to have completely ruled us out of a comeback in that game or at least getting a goal to go at it. Somebody saying there, Barnes and Nacho, yeah. long-range shots, but nothing else other than that. Um what did you think of under Julian? Because I, I take on board what you're saying, but I was actually going to be my next question was, has his time gone? Is he not going to be kept on and we're going to sort of find somebody else out there better than him for that position that we're looking at him for? I think we'll know in the next few team selections because if he's not selected now, he's never ever going to be selected and yeah. then you 100% know yeah. the feelings of the manager towards him. Yeah. Um, you know, he's come on today. You know, I, I agree with Brad and, and it is that thing. I mean, I always thought Ronaldo, his first season at Man United, he was very um, hit and miss. He'd sometimes show you some brilliance, sometimes a lot of frustration. Same with like we're talking about Mares. Uh, and it might be the same with him, and he might need that run of games just to settle him in, realise what his defensive duties are. Which, you know, I don't think Brendan's too enamoured with, um, you know, what he does when he's not on the ball. Uh, and it might be this opportunity to give him a run of games, and and he can then sort of in his in the back of his mind, if he knows he's going to play for the next three games, it can make such a difference to him as, as a player rather than wondering if you're going to be in the team, Joe, you know, with your confidence and things like that. So, I, I would think the next team selection, if he's not starting. You know, we, we know that he's not the one and Brendan doesn't rate him and, and that's his, his time's going to finish soon. But for me, you know, I think you've got I think you've got to play him. You've got to give him a go. I don't think he's had a, a fair run. Maybe that's because they're not quite sure about him. But right now, the squad is so thin, I think he's got to have a run. And at the end of the day, he can play three games and if he doesn't do it for whatever reason, 
then you know we, we've all had a look at it the questions that we were all asking have been answered uh, and, and that'll be that or you know we might push through that barrier that you might have a bit, a bit you know release the shackles and put in a couple of good performances and then we think brilliant you know just like JJ coming through that maybe we might not have expected he could be the next one that comes through and Harvey Barnes was a, not a bit player but in and out six months ago whatever it was and now you know you want him on the team shit every week Hopefully this is his time. You know, I'm not, I can't say now looking at him, I've not really seen enough to say, yeah, you know, he's ready and, you know, this this could be the moment for him. But fingers crossed it is. Brad, are we expecting too much of these players when we sign them from different countries? I mean, they're coming from outside the country. There's a lot to get used to. The Premier League is probably more... Um, faster than, than, than most leagues out there. I mean, you know, years ago, and I'm kind of showing my age here, but, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go even from Kevin Keegan coming from Scunthorpe to Liverpool. He was sort of six odd months, I believe, in the reserves before he went anywhere near the first team. And I know sometimes you get the occasional one like Fafana, you know, who, who you, you put in and, and they swim brilliantly. But, you know, uh, like like Julian said, you know, under really had it had his chance. Are we expecting these players to come in and hit the ground running when it's it's quite hard for them? Yeah, I mean, you make a fair point, and maybe we're a bit too lost in how brilliant our transfer regime has been mm. over the last five or six seasons because we've barely put a foot wrong if you exclude Ranieri's spending on the likes of Samani and Musa and that. that weren't the greatest of success. You know, we've had Ndidi's, we've had JJ's, we've got Castagne's look solid this season, Fafana this season, Tillemans, you know, we've developed from within. The, the list is endless. So maybe when one is on loan and he doesn't quite get the game time and we're wondering why he's here, we're wondering when's he going to get his chance, is he good enough to get his chance, it's the problems. It's easier to kind of deflect the blame onto him because he's not a permanent fox. But you never know. I mean, another one you could point that out to today, who... You know, I'm not going to sit here and slate because it's easy to do because we've been frustrated with him. But again, in the Acho, I had moments in that game. They weren't brilliant. They weren't too much notable, but they were noticeable. And he's going to get running the team. You, you'd feel with his selection today, with Madison probably missing, could miss them three games. He could miss Sheffield United, uh, Sheffield United Brighton and, and Burnley. And if he can get a goal and get a run going... He's going to, you know, and then and only gets a couple of assists and gets them three games. Because I agree with Julian, if he's not picked for the next three or, you know, the next six weeks or however long it is that Barnes um, is out for, it, that's it. And he's not, he's clearly not living up to the standards. But if you can just give these players a little bit of a run, you, we might just find out that we've got him. Yeah. And we I can mean, Inacho is probably not going to get a run while Vardy is fit, but let's let's look at the stats. And Inacho has scored more goals in the last <laughs> ten games than Vardy has. Julian, I'm yeah. going to come to you with a name that Brad pulled up there, and this is a little bit of a a, a gripe of mine because um, Musa, Ahmed Musa, when we signed him, to me very Vardy esque. I don't know if you remember him at all, but you know, he's out there on a free. He's not at any club. We could have... No, he, he hasn't gone to... to, to, to I think West Brom were looking at him, but they literally hadn't got money for his wages because of everybody they bought in the January transfer window. But, you know, a guy that can come on and score two goals for you in his first game against um, Barcelona, 
he's got to, he's got to have a chance. He was just never given a chance. I don't think he was always played on on the wing like Cruyff used to do with Lineker at Barcelona. Stick him up front. I would have still well, there's no transfer fee. And I said, right, here's a bit of money. Come in and see what you can do for us for the for the rest of the season. I think with that, I mean, I'm not over familiar with him, but he's, you know, I think. Again, if he is available and they're not making that move for him, you know, there's got to be good reasons why. They do a lot of homework. You know, maybe it's a bit about the character. I mean, if someone can't go somewhere because of his wage demands and he's not at a club, I, you know, I'd be questioning, you know, what his motives are to play football, you know, week in, week out. Mm-hmm. So it might be, it could be anything like that. Like I say, not over familiar with the guy. So shouldn't, you know, talk badly about him. But, you know, does he really want to play football? You know, would he go anywhere and, and get a game, which a lot of pros would these days, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, making big demands like that that a club can't afford, it, it seems, you know, and the, the wages that they are on are, are fantastic as yeah. well. So, you know, some some people want to play football, some people want to earn money. Okay, let me throw that to you then, Brad, because you'll you'll probably know in fairness to Julian, and I probably did throw you in at the deep end with that question. But Brad, you you know Musa, uh, you know I'm, I was a fan of his when he was here. Uh, I di- I honestly think he would have been the Vardy replacement because he plays very similar. You obviously feel free to sort of disagree with that, but like I say, no transfer fee, paying for the end of the season. At least he's a striker that we know can score goals. Yeah, I mean I see your point that he was put out on the left and right wing and not which just which was just baffled everybody at Leicester. But I have to agree with Julian. There's a reason he's without a club. Mm. You know, he didn't go anywhere of note, did he? He didn't. He didn't leave us and go to a club of note, to my knowledge. And he hasn't been at a club of note, to my knowledge. And he, he's not been grabbing some European headlines. There's a reason he's a free agent. If you're talking ex-boxers that didn't get a fair crack of the whip, I'd rather turn around in the summer and say Hoffenheim and watch your price for Kramerich. But he's because, going to Munich, isn't he? Is he? I see. Yeah, that's what I mean. Munich, yeah. I, I, he was another I, I, one. He was another one I think we, we, we let go, you know, one that but, got away, you say. Yeah, but he's, see, see what I mean though, he's more viable. The fact that he's at German yeah. League, he's at a yeah. German side, he's grabbing the headlines, he's grabbing goals, he's clearly playing football and wanting to play football and make the headlines and not, like Julian said, he's not just here for the quick book and a, I'll see you after mm. six months sort of thing, like certain players have done in the past, not just for Leicester, all around. But if you're talking players that we let go and would maybe want a second crap to prove uh, crap, that's the wrong word, crack to prove Leicester, Leicester wrong, that they were wrong to get rid of him and they should have stuck by him and stick it to us a little bit on the pitch. Kramerich, I'd rather go for Kramerich over Musa, but if he's going Munich, then we have to look elsewhere at the end of the day. If Madison like Taking that point that you just made there about giving players a second chance, of course, we let Ivan Toomey go. And uh, Tunigo, and uh, he's he's been cracking them in around the place. Julian, I'm going to say then one player that came in from the cold that was out there, Tony Cotty. Yeah, uh, how is it that there's, there's always one that you can quote? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I always think that the couple of players that I remember that did well for us back then were were Cotty and Marshall, who probably not other managers would have, would have looked at bringing in. I mean, Ian did great, you know, he, and he, he could obviously sit in at centre-back when needed. But, you know, we still scored the goals for us and we were a team that, you know, we were we were up against it most weeks. So to get goals at that level when the way, you know, the, where we were as a team in the Premier League was quite difficult. Uh, and Tony as well, you know, he was 
wouldn't mind me saying he was, you know, he's coming to the last part of his career. But great little player. And, and again, you know, chipped in with a goal. So for me, they were two fantastic signings. And, I, and I've always said it before that Martin and, you know, John Robertson, the best strength to me was the, the players that they added to, to the squads. The, there weren't many failures in, in all their signings. Uh, they, you know, I can think of maybe one or two, but what they brought into the, you know, into the squad, you know, seemed to work out. And it also fitted in with the personalities that were already there. So uh, they are two great examples of, you know, maybe bringing someone in that wouldn't be popular with everyone, but actually came in, fitted in, did a great job and, you know, scored the goals. And of course, we've got players that, you know, that, I mean, sorry, just to say on that point, yeah, are not necessarily big name players, like you say. You know, we, we all scream for these big names, me as much as anybody else, but sometimes it's the ones, you know, Jamie Vardy, who'd heard of him when we signed him. Um, but we've also, Brad, got a lot of youngsters there that, you know, Kieran Dewsbury's out on loan. Um, we've got the young defender that we brought in from Arsenal, and I can't remember his name, bless him, he was on the subs bench today. But... The youth side of it, we might not need to buy if the youth players can come in and maybe be a little bit more hungry than the uh, than the full. You know, the full, I know we can't bring them in because you know we've had to name the squad and everything for the Premier League, but they're they're hungry, aren't they? Yeah, and it's always a good sign to see. Like we've seen over the years, Chilwell, Thomas, now and Barnes have come through that system. They've been very reliable. We've had very good things. Um, going from there and, and sometimes you know sometimes you can do that and when we've got a record as we've got in recent years I mean that, that Tavernier I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong Taveres yeah. or however you say it he looked good when he came on in the Europa League I apologise for butchering these names I think it's Daley <laughs> Campbell you're on about who's Daley a defender Campbell, that's it, yes um, he looks I mean, good Traveris, you got me at it now Travares, um we might be missing an angel soon, bum bum, because oh, he, he, I'm sorry, he could be going. Uh, Barcelona are interested in him. We, you know, if he's as good as people say, and you've got people like Barcelona sniffing around, we've got to get these players signed up, haven't we? Well, yeah, definitely. And look, Leicester have been very good at that. I'm not really worried about someone going. You know. You know, Leicester aren't one to really hold someone back, but they're not someone to let them go on the cheap. So if, if Leicester are turning around to them saying, look, we see you as a first-teamer, Barcelona mm. sees a development. If you still want to go Barcelona, then we're not going to let you go for €30 million. I'm just throwing a number out there. I, I don't know what Leicester would value him at as. And, and, and players have a, a good understanding. There's, you know, there's the understanding between the board saying, look, we respect that you want to go here or if this club's interested, you'd like to join them, but you've got to respect the fact that we hold you as a value to us. So that value's got to be met. And I, and I think because there's that clarity that seems to be between players and that, that maybe they buy into the fact that Leicester are going, well, we're going to need you next season. If you keep going next season, you're going to be training... Not with Steve Beagle. Again, I probably butchered his name. I'm crap. Oh, God. Can you still hear me? Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit. My, my screen no. just went. I don't know what I've done, yeah. so I'm just going to you, stop. You're frozen. Yeah, you're going to have to uh, pardon the fact that I've frozen. I don't know what I've done. I don't touch anything on my phone. I was trying to swipe something away. Um, you know, But if you give them a reason to stay in and I'll offer them that and, and, and say, look, if this club comes in, and, and they, they meet your price, we're happy to let you go because we don't want to hold back your career and your choices. 
I think that's why players that we've got and have come through the route, the ranks have decided to put their name on a Leicester City contract mm. rather than to quote to kind of do a Mares and throw the toys out of the pram and force the move. They're happy to stay at a club that gives them a good atmosphere and a good feeling that they're looking after their career as well as you know their Julian, own objectives. Let's, let's just bring Julian in because I think Brad could probably take the rest of the show up with that answer. <laughs> um, sorry, no sorry. <laughs> but no, Julian, I mean, there's a lot of players out there that are in the squad at the moment. Tillemans, we're talking about a new contract for Barnes. We've got a you know, we talk about a new contract for. I, I'm just worried that if things fall off this season, that those sort of players, if they are approached, may well want to go. We've got to get European, you know, Champions League football, haven't we? Yeah, we, we do need that. And it always helps attracting, you know, more players come the summer. And I think we need to be busy in that sort of transfer window. But um, I think the thing, the likes, the likes of Tielemans, who's been, uh, I think he's been great this season. Um, he, I think he's got that awareness about him that he's in the right place at the moment. So when he first came, there was talk of Man United sort of wanting to come in the back door and, and snatch him away. And he, he made that decision. And that decision, again, when I go back to money and football, for me, it seems like he wants to play football. You know, the, the money's great, but it's a secondary thing. Um, yeah. And he knows that as long as he's performing well, he's going to be in that team. You know, I could see him today, and we've talked about this many times, you know, Brendan says he's his manager on the pitch and you could see him today non-stop pulling people around, barking orders, and he's like 23 years of age or whatever he is. So, you know, he's a great asset for us, but I think he understands that where he is now is the best place for him. And I would be, be amazed if he thought he could go to a bigger club, uh, you know, even the Premier League, whether it was in Europe or not. But I couldn't see him going into a Premier League club and, and fitting in and being an ever-present. And it's like, you know, what you want out of your career. Right now, yeah. it looks like Champions League football next year is a team that's knocking on the door every year, uh, more or less, and is playing and well regarded by everyone at the club, the manager, the fans. Why people would want to take themselves out of that situation, I, I genuinely, genuinely don't understand it. This so-called demanding Champions League and bigger wages when they're on fantastic money. He seems to me like a player who knows where he's in. He knows he's in the right spot, so I'd be surprised at that. Harvey Barnes, the same, being given the you know, the um, opportunity by the club is being brought through, you know, wonderfully, I think. And, you know, sometimes we might see frustrations where we might have liked to see his introduction a bit earlier in the season. But then again, we trust the manager to do the right thing. As you look at Pep Guardiola doing the same with Foden at Man City. You know, he's mm -hmm. burst onto the scene. Everybody, Man City fans, thinks he's been ready for a long, long time and he's still not been put in. And all of a sudden he has now, but he, he's putting in performances that are on a par with every one of his of his teammates. And that, for me, is just very, very good management. And you would hope that Harvey Barnes is feeling that same kind of love from Brendan that he's been treated right. He's probably been frustrated that he's not got a chance sooner, but he's now coming to the team at the right time. Unfortunately, obviously injured today, but putting that to one side, he's coming at a time and he's made himself, you know, one of the first 11 week in I week. I think as well, these players have to take a look at um, what happens when you leave Leicester. I mean, I think while we've got Jamie Vardy and, you know, a lot of people are saying this is probably next season will be his last season as the number one and he'll then go to sort of super sub status. Um, you know, he's got to be telling these people, players like, this is why I stayed. You know, it's my feelings behind that. But... You've just got to look at 
and I know with Maguire it's turned around and it probably will turn around for Chilwell, but he went for one manager, Lampard. You know, he said that's why he signed for Chelsea because uh, of the manager. I think that's always risky with Chelsea anyway. <laughs> but you, um, you know, he's now out of favour with with the new manager, Brad. Yeah, yeah, he is. And I, I think um, Gillian is absolutely spot on. And I think you get that feeling from a few of the players. I mean, you listen to Madison and how he conducts himself with the interviews and he, the way he just speaks about the club. And I think, you know, when we've seen transfer rumours um, at the club and maybe had one or two names up in up in the, you know, the main targets that don't seem to go away, they seem to be consistent. I think Leicester have picked their players perfectly for their personality. Now, I mean, I've only seen it on on the very reliable source of Facebook, but I'm pretty sure there was a quote that Tillemans was quoted saying, this is a club that in years to come or over the next couple of years is definitely going to, you know, can definitely win some silverware. And that's what I'm buying into. That's why I want to stay here. And like Julian says, if you've got players buying into what your targets are and they want to do that, I would rather assign one player a window that buys into that than three and four for yeah. big money. And and just to see it, you know, if you say this year we don't, you know, we get Champions League football or at least a top four finish, you know, if someone below us wins the Europa League, then that's sod's law. We should have done better ourselves, let's face it, you know. But if we get a top four finish and maybe we beat Manchester United, we don't know what's going to, we don't know, we could win an FA Cup still, let's not forget that. You know, that will justify them that will justify the club and it will back the players going, yeah, this is why I stayed here. And it won't just yeah. be Vardy fly, flying that ship. It'll be Madison, it'll be Barnes, it'll yeah. be Tillemans. It'll be Indeed saying, gonna bring this, this in, I'm going to bring this in here, Brad, because uh, it's just breaking news that's just been put up on the BBC. Um, Harvey Barnes is going to need surgery on his knee. Oh well, so, that, that's what it is. We 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 knew we knew when we saw the stretcher and the knee brace come on. And you know, yeah. I'm not religious, but I was praying to God it was only going to be a couple of weeks. It looks like it's worse than what it is. It is what it is. We've got to go yeah. for it. And like we we talked yeah. about earlier in the show, you know, now yeah. this is this is where we're going to see either under gets picked and he takes his chance with both hands and proves those that have questioned him wrong, or we see mm. someone else on that side and we understand why unders on loan and there's been no push to get his deal permanently. So we just got to cope Julian, with it like we have every injury. Julian, looking at the match, um, and we'll bring up here, this is what uh, Alan, the, the stat man, has gone for. Um, Yuri Tillemans, and it must have been a hard decision to pick somebody, but possibly just for his goal and just maybe for his leadership qualities, gets man of the match. Manager five... I mean, like I say, I don't know what else Brendan could have done with who was available. And, oh, by the way, Tottenham are 4-0 up against Burnley, by the way, just as a, a sideline. Just get them annoyed before with the players. Thanks, Spurs. <laughs> but he's given the team five. Agree? Not agree? Um, not, not on the five for the manager. Like I say, he's, he's sort of acting to court. I mean, you know... we. There's a lot. I've seen a lot on Facebook this week about you know when we lose against Prague and how everyone you know the armchair supporters come out and criticise the manager and it's doom and gloom. But I, you know, literally on when the team came out midweek, I just thought, oh, no, that that's not good for me. You know, uh, Barnes not starting. Um, mm. You know, and you've got like Pereira and and Castagna on the bench. It, it really 
made me maybe wonder why. But today's a totally different day and really limited in choices of what he could do. So I think the five, you know, on there on that mark just comes from, you know, a pretty flat performance all around. And it just brings your mood right down thinking about the game as a whole. So I'd give the manager more than that. And I'd probably give the players more than that, maybe a six, just because I don't think it was a lack of effort. I think it was more a lack of application. You know, it's uh, and like you say, for me, fairly impossible to pick anyone who actually stood out. And I went, oh, yeah, yeah, actually, out of all the averageness, this one actually popped up and I thought did really, really well. And I think I might agree with Tielemans because, like I say, I, I do see his leadership qualities. He took the goal well. But, you know, they're brief things in a game. And when you're looking at a man of the match, you, you want to see them for 60, 70 minutes doing something good. And we didn't see that from anyone today. So tough pick for man of the match. And, you know, pro- probably agree with that. Yeah, I'm going to say hi to Rich Sports there. Um, still hoping we make the top four over Chelsea and Liverpool, but he still asks, are they going to get the shit out of us in the FA Cup? He's a Man United fan. Rich, we will have a chat about that in a couple of weeks when we do out the pre- when you come on the preview show with me, hope- or opposition view show with me, which hopefully you can still do. And it's a cup game. It's a cup game. Let's not forget Man United... At the start of the season, you were somewhere way down below Arsenal, you know, and you could, as, as quick as you come up, you can go down as well. Tony, a bit of tongue-in-cheek here. Um, pity that uh, Mari Gray's been sold. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's move on. Brad, agree with, and we're going to come on this last question, and then I've got one last question to ask before we wrap it up. Tillemans, man of the match for you. Yeah, I, I think I have to agree with pretty much anything that Julian's just said there because it's one of them performances that you have to pick a man of the match. And I, I can't, the only reason I can see why Alan's had to give a man of the match is, is because Tillman scored a goal and he did command the, 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 you know, he did command the game well. Like I said, it was a lack of application and effort. And, you know, when the result's bad, it's easy to go right. Manager gets the blame, players get the blame. Fours, threes, zeros, twos, and ones. And, you know, a lot of other channels do that straight off. Arsenal fans do. One, you know, we won't mention it's very famous for it. They're probably getting 10 today on that channel. But, yeah. you know, given the circumstances, given everything that that came in Brendan's way, he might have been looking at Gorilla Glue and Sticky Tapes trying to hold the team together at one point when he was putting his team together. So, actually, I, you know, sometimes we sit here and go, oh, you know, when we've had a good performance, we've gone, oh, he's given us seven. That's a bit harsh. Could be an eight. I think today's been a bit harsh for for the same reasons. I actually think there wasn't a lot different in the lineup that anyone could have thrown together than what Brendan did. Yeah. And you know, like I said, I think I think the effort was there. It's just like like Julian said, the application wasn't, and the players players just 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 couldn't get themselves going. You know, it seems to just have that engine once it over. So I think I think sixes would have been fair on a fair shout. And yeah, Tillman's one of the match. Julian, and this is going to be the last question to both of you, so I'll come to you first, Julian. Um, the season we've had, with the injuries, with the playing on three fronts, because we pretty much went out in the league. Well, we did go out in the League Cup at the first hurdle. Last 32 of the Europa League, let's say Man United kick us out of the FA Cup, and let's say on current form we slip and we finish sixth and out of Europe. Would that still be classed as I'm really disappointing, but would that still be classed as a good season or would that be a bad season? Uh, it wouldn't be a good season because of the position we're in. I mean, I think if if in the next few games the injuries really do 
you know, you can sort of really say 100% the injuries are a direct detriment to, you know, team selection and performances, then there's a reason for that. We've still got a decent cushion to West Ham who are doing well, but, you know, they've got tough games as well. So, you know, to answer the question, I think it would be a bad season if we dropped out of everything. Um, but again, that's the expectations of us and what we've achieved so far in the season. And, you know, you'd like to think, you know, there was a comment earlier about the characters coming out. Well, the characters are dropping left, right and centre, unfortunately. But uh, there are still one or two remaining. If we can feed back a few of those, you know, lesser injuries in the next three or four weeks, hopefully, and, and sort of get back to something. And it's probably good time in the three games we've got and, you know, not to be... Um, disparaging to the three teams that, that we have got, but they are below us in the league. Potentially, we should really full strength go and beat them, which, you know, really we should we should still be getting results, like Brad said, six or seven points out of the three games. And at the moment, we're just in that bit of a lull as fans watching the, you know, the injuries add to that, the performances add to that. And we're sort of, you know, a couple of months ago, we were all real chipper. But right now, it's just yeah. at this moment yeah. in time, you can sort of sense the doom and gloom, and we, we, you know, we need to lift ourselves out of that. Maybe we'll go and have a glass of wine after we've finished here today, and uh, think that we're <laughs> going to get the three, get the three points on Wednesday, and everything will be okay. And if we do, it will. <laughs> we'll then go into the next game after that, you know, on the front foot again, and we'll all be a bit more chirpier. So, next three games are big. I think we've got yeah. a great chance of getting some good results uh, against the teams that we're playing. Maybe the other side of that, the injuries start to come back. And you know what? We could have a real strong finish to the season. Um, yeah, so fingers crossed and hopeful for that. Brad, let's ask you. So, like I say, just, you know, and I'm not decrying this, but we're Leicester. We're not Man City. We're not Liverpool. We're, you know, we're not Man United. For us, finishing six, just missing out on Europe. Um, we got through to the last 32 of the... Uh, Europa League, we're into the FA Cup quarterfinals. Would that be such a bad year? Yeah, it would be a disappointment. I'm sorry, it just would be. It would be just if you, you can match. You can match our season. Disappointing, definitely. But I could say bad for us. Yeah, it is bad for us because it's a step backwards. At the end of the day, you know, you want to get strong and you want to get used to these. European competitions. Well, guess how? Guess what? You need to be in every year to do that. You need to keep doing it. And if Leicester, even if Leicester finished fifth, it'd be disappointing, but it'd still be seen as a positive. Especially if someone goes on on a big run. At the end of the day, you've got to remember other teams are facing us. The one thing and a big positive that can come out of this game is maybe if you take the situations, at least two of the three clubs are in uh, right now. They might just play into our hands. Because one thing that I did say in early in the show that all right, it was three one and it was practically game over at that point. But Arsenal started to play in our hands because they let us attack them and they were a bit more open because you know they took the foot off the gas for whatever reason. But that's when Leicester actually showed some attacking intent. And probably our next three games, like Julian said, were playing sides that you do have the expectancy. We do take the injuries on board, but they're probably going to play into our hands a little bit. They're probably going to be a bit more open. They're not going to be as organised and as ship shape as Arsenal. I think Brighton have had 75 chances, scored one goal in the last three games. It's, it is literally something ridiculous like that. They've scored one goal in like three or four games. So they're not going to be full of firepower. Um, 
it's obviously not ideal having Barnes out. It's not ideal having Vardy not at 100%. It's not ideal. But these players that have been sat in the cold, like you said, that are getting the chances over the next three games, if they really take them chances by the scruff of the neck, these could be the sort of teams that we want to be playing. And let's not forget that unlike last season where Manchester United put a run of results together, you know, Manchester United were at least on like a six, seven game winning streak at this point. Chelsea and West Ham are still dropping points. They've still got hard games to go. I'd like it to be in our hands. But if you said to me, Brad, we're going to fall away. We're going to go out to Manchester United in the cup. Bad news. I can take that. It's Manchester United. They're a hard side. But then we're going to drop to six. I'd, I'd say it's a bad season. And then I think the pressure is on Brendan Rodgers if we finish six. There's no reason we should drop out the top four. Because let's not forget, you know, regardless of today's result, we're now, even if, you know, if Liverpool win their game, which is one of the bigger clubs I'm more worried about catching us, would still be six points ahead of them. And like I said, if the next three games we get six or seven points out of it, I think that worry just... It goes, doesn't it? It goes and we're back to calm, normal order and top form. Gets more secure again. And yeah, that, Brad, I, I needed to upload something there, which is why I asked you the question, because I knew you talked long enough for me to be able to upload something. I can talk, I can talk. The guy, the guy says there, any news on Barnes? Just look at the bottom of the uh, screen and uh, that's the latest news there. I've actually yeah. got... Uh, I actually have a, a video of of um, uh, of Julian and his wine here because uh, apparently this is how he sort of commiserates when we lose. If this is going to work, I'm not sure. There we go. Uh, I think Julian's <laughs> taking the small one as well, ain't you, Julian? <laughs> that, that is definitely the size of the size of a glass of wine that you need after that performance, is it not, Julian? Absolutely. That's that's how we drink wine up north. <laughs> <laughs> not like these southern softies. <laughs> this is a little wine glass. Hey, Julian, Brad, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't good times. I was hoping to get an Arsenal fan come on. But um, he's had to go off and do his own show. So um, probably uh, we got away with that one. Um, midweek game, we'll, well, it might be a bit late for you, Julian, but um, we'll, we'll have a chat before. Um, no, Julian, Brad, if we lose, you've got to come on and save me because I won't be able to stop myself. I need a professional head next to me and Chris. <laughs> I'll do the best. <laughs> <laughs> When he's on his own, Julian, and I am totally unprofessional, you know, I, I rely on everybody else just to make me kind of, you know, <laughs> sound reasonably good. But, um, yeah, I, like I say, we just let, if we lose and it's just bad on his own, he just rants for two hours and then, you know, that's... Uh, yeah, Chris that, forgets to switch the camera off and I'm still talking. <laughs> no, and he stay he stays in the room at the bottom. And he's still talking away. He doesn't know it's been taken out. <laughs> Guys, I don't leave Streamyard until the next game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> guys, it wasn't it wasn't a good performance. But hey, you know, at the end of the day, there's worse things going on out there in the world at the moment, and uh, we're all we're all well, and we've all got our health. And at the moment, that that is the main thing. That's the positives. Julian, thanks very much, mate. All the best to you and your nice. family. Thanks for coming on. Cheers. Cheers. See you. Bye-bye. Cheers. And, Brad, thanks very much, mate. And I will see you on 
Wednesday. And yeah, um, let's hope that we're going to at least be talking about a win. Well, I mean, it's one limited. You've got to let the dust settle now. We've got to take a deep breath. We've got to see what happens and just hope for it. I mean, I, if I'm right in thinking, the next three games, two of them out of the three are away. Yes. I can't believe are. I'm... Can't believe I'm saying this, but with our form away from home, I'm actually relieved. That gives us more of a positive. I think we've won nine, drawn three, and lost one of yeah. our away games. So yeah. if we can keep that form up, I'll, I'll be happy with our next couple of games being away from the power. Well, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed that it's yeah, going to be mate, happier times. Mate. Brad, thanks very much, mate. I'll see you on Wednesday night. Get yeah, your, I'll get see your you there, mate. Cocoa out. Yeah, definitely, mate. I'll pitch a tent. I'll get it ready. Get the marshmallows. <laughs> Cheers, bud. Take care. Stay safe. And you. Take care. Thanks to everybody for joining us this evening. Um, it is now evening. No, it's still afternoon. Honestly, I can't. I can't keep up with where the bloody hell I am. It, it, we lost. My mind's gone. That's all I can say. Look, thanks for joining us. Thanks for your comments. Thanks for um, joining in. Um, if you want to catch up with this, give us uh, about 15 minutes and it will be up on your uh, podcast platform, whether that be Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor or Google. We will be there. We are going to be back tomorrow night, Monday night, 7 o'clock. They're coming thick and fast. Maybe a bit too quick for Leicester at the moment, but we're going to be back 7 o'clock. We'll be talking to a Burnley fan from the Turfcast podcast um, ahead of the game. And then on Tuesday at 7, myself and my chat chum Craig, and we'll be looking and previewing the game itself. Go and get a drink. I am. I've not eaten all day. I am starving. I could eat a horse. Um, if you buy from Iceland, you probably do. Thanks very much, guys. Try and enjoy what's left of Sunday. And uh, I will see you tomorrow night at 7 for the Opposition View show. Stay safe, guys. Don't do anything I wouldn't enjoy. Cheers now. Bye-bye. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Be sure to watch Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube and follow all their social media platforms for the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Leicester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor and all podcast platforms. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Podcast Network.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.